the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Thanks for tuning in. As you know, this is Thursday. It's the Date Day Show. That means Paula is live in studio with me. So get your phone calls ready, whatever questions and problems you might have you want to talk about. All you need to do is to call us, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you are driving in your car, remember the safest way to do that is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to the studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here again. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. You're welcome. What's up? Well, it's been a beautiful day. I got up really early this morning. Well, no, let me run it back. I got up an hour later than I normally do. That's right. We get up early. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was date day, and I can sleep in just a little bit. But, you know, I have to get out and do my little walking and stuff. And as I was out walking with the Lord, I was kind of laughing uh, because you had a question the other day about prayer, you know, and you said, just talk normally. <laughs> and I was like, good, because I said that to you a couple of days ago, maybe last week sometime. You know, my prayers are kind of like I talk, just kind of just disjointed and stuff. And you said, okay, just talk. That's, it's just, you just be you. Just talk normally. I was like, oh, don't let me free. <laughs> don't let me lose. I'll be crazy. I think, think about it. It would, it would be really funny. I mean, if Jesus was there physically, now yeah. we know he's there. And you're walking with him, mm-hmm. and talk. but if he was there physically, mm-hmm. it would be really funny if you turned to him and said, "Praise the Lord!" Oh my goodness! Or, or if you said, <laughs> or if you said, "My dear, gracious heavenly Father," so yeah, so I broke the microphone. <laughs> I didn't touch anything. I didn't think. Okay, but you blew it out. Yeah, that was, usually that's me. I've never raised my voice till then. Yeah, you had a microphone in front of you too. That was like, yeah. oh well. Who are you, huh? Yeah. But but the idea is we just talk normally to friends. Yeah. Jesus said we were his friend, yeah. and that's the most effective way to communicate. Yeah. When we change who we are mm-hmm. and how we communicate, uh, just because that seems holier. Yeah. Oh, or, holy, reverent God yeah, yeah. Almighty, yeah. you who created all the heavens and the earth. And all that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I don't talk like that. So You know, when you want to say thank you to the Lord, yeah. there's no better way than saying thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to... To list all the things he knows everything yeah and and i'm on this thing now where and i don't know what i'm going to do with it but um you know when people pray we pray so long uh-huh. we give him all kinds of details he yeah. already knows the answers to yeah yeah it's just much better if you just talk <laughs> i know that's so cute because when you're praying sometimes you'll all of a sudden you'll say oh Sorry, Lord, you already know. Yeah. You already know these. I don't need to give yeah. you this information. Yeah. And so, yeah, prayer doesn't I mean, have to we, be. We fall into habits. Yeah. 
and and you know we're all sort of formed by the culture that we live in, mm-hmm. and and we don't think we're praying unless we're using a a, a, a God voice. <laughs> you know, we heard somebody in the God. Radio. Yeah, we're uh, we're listening to Adrian Rogers on the radio today in the car, uh-huh. and and he doesn't he doesn't say God. No, he says God, <laughs> and but he's got this great voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, the reality mm-hmm. is I don't have a great voice. Yeah, well. So I just say God, yeah. say Lord, yeah. Jesus, uh-huh. and 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 you know that's the most effective way of communicating. And I think it would sort of take all the religious pretense out of our prayers. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said you did good. Yeah, and I've been you know the first time I ever prayed in front of anybody, especially you, I was like all nervous, you know. <laughs> Wish I had two shirts on, so you know, sweat through one and the other one still be all right, kind of thing, you know. <laughs> and the Lord's like, no, 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 it's just me. But you're holy God, and yeah. But he was like, no, 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 I'm your friend. I'm your friend. I'm your husband. I'm your, I'm your creator. Yeah, but I'm your friend. And so just, mm. just talk to me. And you know, if you if you look at the prayers in the Bible. Um, this is a, an unofficial statement I'm going to make because I, I, I'm not sure this includes every prayer. But certainly, all of the prayers in the Bible, if you read them, mm-hmm. are less than two minutes long. Mm-hmm. And what matters is that they mean something. You know, James said the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man mm-hmm. or woman availeth much. Mm-hmm. And um, we think fervent means shouting or using King James English. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fervent means from a genuine heart, a heart that really wants the will of God to be done in our lives. Yeah. And I think in that case, Paula, um, you, you can't fool God. He knows your heart. So I think it's just better to say, Lord, I hope my heart is right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my motives are okay, Jesus, but I'm not sure... Correct me if I'm not. Mm-hmm. And he does that. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's, it's a normal conversation between two friends. It just so happens one of those friends is the king of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? And he wants to listen to us. Mm-hmm. He's, he's waiting. You know, when, when I first opened up my eyes, he makes me aware. He's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> glad you're awake. You know, I've told that story many times about Ronnie. Oh, yeah. He used to come into our bedroom early in the morning, mm-hmm. and he'd jump right on you. Yeah. And he would, like, hold your eyes open <laughs> and say, Mom, Mom, you wake yet? And he's, he's opening your <laughs> yeah. eyes with his hands. I am and, now. And, and, and Jesus is kind of like that. He's that excited about us getting up and surrendering our day to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think your prayers are beautiful. Yeah, cool. But, but we just, all of us, Need to work. I'm, you know, once in a while I, I listen to myself on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm, if I can't sleep or something, and my program happens to be on, it comes on at five thirty in the morning, and I'm having a hard time getting back to sleep. Usually, I can put myself to sleep, <laughs> but but if I, um, but I'll, but I'll listen in, and occasionally, I'm just thinking, wow, why am I praying so long? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I want to do better. Yeah. yeah, me too, me too. So. So today, as I was out walking, and I told you this already, I, I didn't get even, I just got across the street. I didn't even get up the street as I'm walking. And I usually am singing, you know, I'll sing something, but I was singing like in tongues. I was like like a first that I can remember. And, you know, somebody was asking, if you, can you have tongues and then have the gift of interpretation? And I used to not think that you could have both, because I was told that you couldn't have both. When I, we went, I went before you got saved. I went to this this church, and they said, "Oh no, you you can't understand." I said, "Well, I, I think I have the interpretation of what my tongue was. It came later. It didn't come at the same time." And and at that church, they said, because you know we found out that I was black, um, <laughs> they they were going bring some African lady in to listen to me speak in tongues so that maybe she could interpret that. <laughs> That's so silly. <laughs> See, if, if people just know what the Bible says. Yeah. And so I looked it up, Pastor Juan. Yeah. And this is before you were saved. So I, I was like, this was like a big deal for me because, you know, I didn't think I was that intelligent. And But then the Holy Spirit said, but I know everything. So 
I looked it up, and yes, you can have both. In fact, you're told to pray that you can interpret. Mm -hmm. And and the the gift of interpretation is just not given to everybody. But clearly it's given to some people. And then it becomes a fruitful prayer in terms of understanding. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I was out, and I I started singing in tongues. And I was kind of, like, thrown back a little bit. And yet I was kind of giggly because I was like, Lord, this is kind of, this is different, but okay. And I didn't get full understanding of what I was, but I, I, I was aware that he is in heaven and walking next to me at the same time and enjoying it all. And he knows what I was singing. And I only got two words out of the whole thing. And it was thanksgiving and victory. You know, just gratitude and victory. And I was like, those were pretty good words to get. <laughs> and, I was and there's just, no victory without Thanksgiving yeah, first, so yeah. Yes, really. And so even as you uh, were asked my participation in your ministry or our ministry. Yeah, yeah let, me, let me change the word because the question was specifically, I talk about you being um, partner. Uh, my partner. We're partners in this ministry. And the question from a man was, what does that partnership look like? How is Paul your partner? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it, you and I are, when people look at you who really know us, they, they can see me. And when people see me, they know that I'm your wife. You know, I'm not Pastor Paula. I'm Pastor Ron's wife. And so what other things you said uh, that I read to you and I drive you around and I have just a couple other, and and you had a bigger list than that, and that was just really sweet. But, you know, I get to lotion your back. Because you can't reach. You're not nearly flexible enough. Okay. Um, (laughs) No, I I get to feed you, and I feed you in courses because you like your food hot. Yeah. Um, We go... I don't know how women can eat cold food. We are just born to be able to do that because, you know, we have kids, (laughs) and we have to cut the food up. As soon as we sit down to eat some food, somebody needs something, you know. So we kind of go to the same restaurants. Um, But then I was thinking... You know what? I have a nice car. I have a nice home. I'm married to the, a neat, clean guy. Um, you are my Proverbs 11:25 man. Very generous. Um, I can go and I can do whatever I want. You know, people say, oh, you have to go to the same restaurant. That's on Thursday and Saturday. The rest of the week, I can go anywhere I want to, get whatever I want to. Um, Did you tell those people to mind their own business? <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the same restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but well, I, don't, I don't have to cook if I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we read and pray together. That is a total answer uh, of prayer from many years ago. Um, I got the Bible answer guy at my house. If I, if I don't have a question, I know who to go to if I don't get it, you know. Um, you are faithful, and I don't want to really put you on the spot, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, um, those few things that I get to do, you know, people might be at home saying, she has to drive him around all the time, and she has to read to him, she has to lotion his back. You know what? I'm glad you're still here because there's a whole lot of people who don't have their spouse anymore. And I don't want to have guilt. I, I want to be able to serve with the right heart. Do I always have the right heart? No. Um, but do I want to? Yeah. The other thing you are, beyond being faithful, is you're foundational. That's my nickname for you. <laughs> foundational. Um, you're all about Jesus and wanting to please him. I get the, I get the benefit from all of those things. And that's just a quick list that I put together before I had to. I was like, oh, it's almost, it's 3.30. I got to get over there to the studio. Slash office, slash church, <laughs> slash school. <laughs> when you came in, the kids, did you hear the kids singing today when you came in? I did not. Yeah, they, 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 I don't know what they were singing, but they were singing something together. It was just really neat. Oh, cool. A whole bunch of the girls. Okay. So anyway, yeah, um, we are no longer two, but one. And um, 
I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah, see, I think Paula, that's one of the uh, one of the foundations of partnership is is uh, is the equality. I'm I'm not above you. Um, um, I don't have to um, change who I am um, when you're around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm happier when you're around than when you're not. You know, if you go someplace mm-hmm. for a couple of days teaching or doing something. Um, uh, I'd much rather you be be back home. Because mm-hmm. um, um, I'm fun. Yeah, I'm you, the funny one. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I've heard all your jokes. <laughs> no, I don't have no, jokes. It's not that. I just I just love being around you. Oh, You're my friend and my partner. Yeah. It's it's like um, Abbott without Costello. Mm. Now most of the people in our audience have no <laughs> yeah, idea who yeah. those people are. Yeah, let's but, go somebody but, younger. Yeah. But I need you. And uh, you need me, mm-hmm. and we we fulfill I those said needs that one, no. in other ways. But <laughs> you said I should have said that I need you, and I do. But but I mean that's just <laughs> yeah. We need each other. Yeah, we, we're aware that we're not looking. There's no individual grace. Um, Paul says that. Um, uh, actually, Peter says that. Um, when you're married, you're joint heirs mm-hmm. of the grace of life together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the areas that people just forget. We don't have um, individual grace. When you're married, you can't do your thing and I can't do my mm-hmm. thing uh, and expect God to be in the middle of it. Yeah. And and I think a lot of married couples don't recognize that and that's why they're struggling all the time. Mm-hmm. And the reality is when we realize, and I'm just going to speak from my perspective now, when I realize two things. One, that uh, I can't do what I'm called to do without you. And two, um, um, if if you're not with me, then the ministry that God's called us to becomes ineffective. Mm. Um, And that, that you're the only person that's ever uh, always and only wanted the best for me. Um, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to, to, to resist that at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Totally. Amos 3.3, 3. how yep. can two walk together unless they be in agreement to do so? And, and what a cool thing that is, because um, before you got saved, when the Lord had told me already that you were going to be a pastor, but you didn't know it, and you were kind of fighting getting saved, um, man, it was like, Lord, the potential, you know. And the Lord just, he says, I know, I got this. Why don't you just get out of the way, Paula, and, and watch me work. And so to to see how this has all worked out and that you, for years, you would tell me, Paula, just be yourself. You know, because I was putting pressure on myself, you know, once you got saved and now you're going to be a pastor. And, oh, my goodness, you know. And you kept saying, just be yourself, foundational. Just be yourself. Be who Jesus made you to be. You remember what you used to say? I don't know who that is. Yeah. I don't even like the one I know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah. But see, I think that's a good word for a lot of people in 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 troubled marriages. Um, if you'll get out of God's way and stop trying to change your husband or your wife, mm-hmm. um, God will be faithful to do that. But but if you're in the way. He's going to be focusing on you. Mm-hmm. And so our responsibility is just to do what God tells us to do. Yeah. Let Jesus win instead of us having to win. Yeah. And then when we're doing what God wants us to do, then God's pretty uh, proficient at, at dealing with uh, the, the needs of the other. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was reading um, Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15, talking about even married couples because it gets that, get to that in a little bit but be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise and i'm going to stop there because in proverbs 14 1 it says a wise woman builds up her house but a foolish one tears hers down with her very own hands and um or tongue or tongue yeah 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 Yeah. or tongue um but so we got to be careful how we live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And his will is for us to partner with one another, partnering with him. Because marriage is that picture that he wants to use on this earth to um, reflect our relationship with him. And if we have a struggling marriage, 
Um, and we're all, we're all in that growing process if we're allowing the Lord to work. Um, but if we don't and we're saying, i got to have my way. I want to do my own thing. I know what the Bible says, but he, I am woman, hear me roar. That, that right there changed so much because in a lot of other countries in biblical days, the husband was the rise, kill, and eat person, and the, the woman was the, I'm going to take care of my home, I'm going to respect my husband, I'm going to take care of the kids. Not that we have to go all the way back there and, um, you know, we can't work and we can't, we can't pursue any of the things that we enjoy doing, but sometimes we've forgotten the importance of our role for God's glory. And, and our own benefit. Yeah. Uh, before I uh, go continue at this, Paul, I want to give phone numbers again. We okay. would love to have any comments or questions anybody has. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, every church these days has been hit by um, a growing sort of an Internet-led movement of women to sort of grab the the position of 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 strength mm. and authority in the home. Mm. Um, um, you know, we live in a different time, and and the the the, the idea of a patriarchal society is 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 old fashioned and doesn't work in today's. And and God loves women just as much as as He loves the men. And so He He we should take the lead, and we should take the role. And it's led to a whole bunch of women, biblically illiterate women. But but they don't care about that. But it led to a bunch of women who are tearing down their homes by coming outside the role that God has spoken. You know, when when Paul is dealing with this, he tells Timothy, uh, women should should have be saved through childbirth. That doesn't mean having a child saves you. It just mm-hmm. means just accepting the role that God has for you. Yeah. And that doesn't mean women can't work. It doesn't mean women can't be in positions of authority mm-hmm. in, in, in business. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're not capable uh, it just means that it doesn't matter who you are, if you're, if, if, especially as a professing Christian, if you are rebelling against God's plan for your life, there's going to be a lot of pain. A lot of pain. And um, I think in cases like this, women get or are trying to take what they want instead of understanding that, Jesus, I call you Lord. What do you want for me? And And when we acquiesce to his will for our life, mm-hmm. then and only then is he free to take us to places and things that we never dreamed possible. Mm-hmm. And the reality, unfortunately, is that a lot of people um, simply don't um, don't have anything near God's will going on in their lives. Paul, let's go to New Brumfels. We've got Marta on line one. Marta, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi there. Hi. Um, I just I just wanted to say that it's super important what you guys are telling listeners about how important it is to listen to God and what he's how he's guiding you in a relationship. Um I was saved about 2 years before my husband and it caused a lot of strife in our marriage, and there were times I would pray that, you know, Lord, I don't know which way this whole thing's going to go. And, but I kept praying for my husband, and when, after we'd get into an argument, I'd be praying, and it, he would turn me back to what I had done to contribute to the strife. Oh, yeah. And... I began to see a pattern to that, and suddenly it dawned, you know, I need to wake up and understand that I have to be a good wife first. I have to be loving, and it was amazing how my husband changed, yep. and he, he actually uh, started going to church with me. I went first, and he started going. I never asked him to go, um, and he was just baptized a month ago. 
Oh, Aww. praise the Lord. <laughs> Marty, you break, you, you, you just, in a good way, you've just broken my heart. This is so important. You know, when you were talking, uh, Jesus' words, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. And when we find ourselves in an argument situation, <laughs> we're throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus up there blocking all those rocks because uh, he's going to focus on the one in the home who's, mm-hmm. who belongs to him first. Mm-hmm. And um, um, God bless you for, for your faithfulness mm-hmm. and for the willingness. And this is why I, I so appreciate people like you, Marta. Um, your, your willingness to say, Jesus, what about me? What, what am I doing wrong? What have I done to contribute to this? Mm-hmm. And, and the Holy Spirit will be faithful to speak to you always mm-hmm. when you're in that situation. So uh, congratulations on your husband being baptized. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Paul, yeah. you want to add anything? Yeah, we'll get, no, we got one minute. That was awesome because <laughs> in our life too, Marta, I was kind of the same way. I was like, God, where are you? I'm doing my part. Why aren't you changing this guy? <laughs> Even though I was the one, the Lord said, uh, hello, excuse me. It's it's you I'm working on. I'll take care of him later. So <laughs> congratulations, yeah. Marta. I hope you got it quicker Thank than you. I did. You're welcome. Thank you. God, God bless, bless you. you. Uh Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the program. David, keep holding, please. We'll take you right on top after the break. You're listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for tuning in, 340-9585. Let's go to line two and talk with David from San Antonio. David, thank you for being patient and holding. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. This is... uh... This is David Peterson from Calvary Chapel Northwest. Hey! Oh, hi, David. Hey! <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, first, first, let me just say that uh, Yadi and I, we love you so much and miss you guys mm-hmm. tremendously. Mm-hmm. And um, I do have a question. It's not related to marriage or relationship, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so my question is this. Uh, I was hoping that maybe you could help me uh, differentiate between our... Our minds, our souls, our spirit, you know, in our heart, uh, specifically in regards to when we get um, ungodly thoughts. And uh, where does that come from? And, and, and how does Jesus feel about that? Yeah, thank you, David. That's great. It's, it's really good to hear from you. Please give mm-hmm. Yadi our love. We haven't seen you guys in too long, and we miss you. David is a very gifted musician, and more importantly than that, David loves Jesus with all mm-hmm. of his heart. Um, David, a couple of things. Um, whenever we're talking uh, to a distinction between soul and spirit, the context of the Bible determines what the intent is. Uh, for practical purposes, there's no real distinction. They they refer to the same thing, um, but but our desires, our carnal desires, are sort of soulish, and so um, whenever you're being tempted, you get ugly thoughts that come across your mind. Um, you know that, that that's trying to feed your soulish desires. In other words, trying to feed your flesh, and the source of those desires is always the enemy. It's always the enemy, the, the world that we live in, controlled by the enemy, um, um, contributes to that, of course. But, um, you know, Jesus knows that we have those things. That's why we're told in Corinthians that we're to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Now, when we do that, we take that which is intended soulish and to destroy us, and then we turn it, we redeem it, and make it um, spiritual in, in the sense that, that the Holy Spirit will then be able to lead. So the ugly thought comes in. We reject it. There's no um, sin in having the ugly thought. It's just that when we embrace those ugly thoughts or those lustful thoughts or whatever they might be, and we have to realize, I know the source of those thoughts 
and I don't want anything to do with him. So what I'm going to do is take that thought, and and uh, I'll just use an example of lust, David. Uh, I'm going to take that thought, and the Bible says flee from sexual immorality. And uh, usually, what I will do in some in a case like that is start talking to Jesus, and that's taking captive. Lord, I don't want to hear that. I want to I want to hear from you. Uh, if it's bad thoughts about another person, the way to take that thought captive. And make it obedient to Christ. Say, Lord, you love that person. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm going to do instead of thinking ugly thoughts about them is I'm going to pray for them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray, Lord, for your blessings in their life. I'm going to pray that you'd pour yourself out in their lives mm-hmm. and that that person would bring you honor and glory. And um, so, so that's taking the thoughts captive. The difference between soul and spirit um, will, as I said, always be determined by the context. The mind and heart, I've talked about that a lot here recently. It keeps coming up. Our mind uh, is a place of decision. And we've got to decide what we're going to do. You know, the song we sing, David, and I've heard you do this, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Um, that's a decision that has to be made, uh, that we would uh, be honor the, the faith once and for all delivered to the saints, mm-hmm. that that we, we would understand that our salvation is secure because Jesus is the one who began a good work and will finish the work. Those are decisions that we make based on the information that we have in the Bible. And so it, it's simply the, the mind is a place of decision. When it gets to the things of the heart, um, Colossians chapter 3, the first two verses Talk about setting your minds and your hearts on things above. Um, setting our heart um, is the place of affection. And when we do that, then what we're doing is simply agreeing that, you know, Lord, I want what you want. I love what you love. And in some cases, it's more difficult. I love who you love. And um, uh, and so we make those distinctions. But make no mistake, our minds are engaged. You know, we can want to follow Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, Uh, What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. He wanted to do what Jesus wanted him to do. Later, uh, he would say, I find, or earlier, actually, in Romans, I find this this law at work. When I sin, it's not me who sins, but sin living in me. So that's a struggle that we have all the time. And what we've got to do is is transform our hearts by renewing our minds, new thinking, and it's a decision that we have to make by faith in response to the Word of God over and over and over. David, does that help? Wonderful. Thank you so much, Pastor Ron, for taking my call. And, oh. and once again, we love and miss you guys. Thank you. Uh, I know your voice anywhere. <laughs> oh, man. Give Yadi a kiss for me. Yeah, oh, love you guys. Thank you. Okay. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See, that's so nice. Yeah. People we haven't seen for so long. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, Paula, we we planted that new work in Calvary Northwest. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Ellis and, and Killian, Killian are yeah. doing such a good job. And uh, it's just really, really neat to watch that church thriving. Yeah. It's it's really wonderful. It's They're awesome. in the Alamo Ranch area. Mm-hmm. And um, what a great, great bunch of people. Know. You know, it just seems like... Our kids are calling from across the country, and they're just a couple, about an hour, maybe two away, depending on traffic. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a little bit to get out there, but oh man, I I miss you guys. Anyway, they were they were a blessing. I get to see them. I think the last time I saw David was um, a year, a little more, a year and a half or so ago now. Okay. Um, uh, I was asked to do their retreat, their men's retreat. Oh, that's right. And of course, uh-huh. David was there doing. So it's just a neat thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Anyway, I was going to kind of address, even David, we talked about love. And um, with Marta, uh, love is not about emotions. You know, we we women, we, we're more the emotive ones. And our, our guys are more the rise, kill, and eat. And, you know, I, I told you I loved yeah, you. It's generally true, but not, <laughs> not always. Yeah, not yeah. always true. Mm, I try to, yeah. But anyway, I, I was thinking about love. Um, love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. That's not emotions, that's a decision. You know, mm-hmm. we 
we, uh, well, me, I like hugs and kisses and, and compliments and stuff like that. But that's not in here. It's just love is patient. So we get to decide, you know, what you're talking about um, in our minds, in our minds. Am I going to pander? No, let me put this a different way. Am I going to live to please Jesus or am I going to live to please myself? Like, you know, maybe Marta and I, we were at one time living to please ourselves. Lord, why are you not fixing these, these men of ours to make our lives better? And then we get to that place of saying, wow, what's my role in all of this? Am I the Christian who is um, filled with the Spirit and we know that God is love? Am I a loving person? And, you know, with with my little two cents thing that I've been saying lately is, if your Christianity is not working at home, don't export that. And so, you know, Marta probably got it quicker than I did. And um, she said, Lord, what's my role? <laughs> you think Marta got it in less than 13 years? I, I think Marta <laughs> probably got it less than 13 years, yeah. Paul, I've got a, an anonymous question. Oh, it's a phone call first? We've got a phone call? Okay, let's see who's here. we got Ruben on line one from Seguin. Ruben, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, God bless you, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. How are y'all doing today? Good, We're thank doing you. well, baby. Good to hear from you. Uh, You're my son I've never <laughs> met. Calling me from another no, country. Exactly. But, but we're gonna we're gonna meet. Uh, we're gonna meet as soon as I get a vehicle, and I my we're gonna meet. Uh, okay, baby. I I done the way the way I was brought up speaking is I done come to the conclusion that I was gonna be there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was gonna be there, but All right, uh, Pastor, I have I have a question, man. Uh, just. You know, the enemy attacks me like last week. You know, and and I, I'm in the Word and and I pray and and like I told you last week. You know, I know this past week. You know, I'm not Paul, and I you know I never will be Paul. Um, I don't pretend to be holier than anyone else. But uh, is it wrong to look for a mate like uh, on these Christian websites because? You know, it's, I won't be honest with you, uh, some of these women are not Christian, <laughs> and they, they come off, and then they they come off as Christian, they, they tell you everything you want to hear, but then it turns into that that talk, and you know what kind of talk I'm talking about. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, man, and I have to cut it off, because if I don't, then I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I'm just being a man. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> what do I do? I'm like, Lord, I, you know, my birthday's coming up on November the 28th, and I'm like, Lord, I'm gonna be another year younger. I mean, another year older, and I would love to spend the rest of my life with someone special, but someone that you have for me, you know. So, is it wrong? I mean, I just I don't know. Just yeah, Ruben. It's, it, yeah, it's not a it's not a matter of right or wrong. Um, it, it's it's a question of faith. Now, um, the real problem um, it, it, when, when people now there's always the exception that proves the rule. So so you know whenever I, I answer this question the way I'm about to answer it, there's somebody say, but but you don't know. God gave me the perfect woman, or God gave me the perfect man, and I found him online. Um, there's always the exception that proves the rule. But by and large, and I mean by and very large, um, um, my question is, where's the faith? Where's the faith in trying to find someone yourself? Instead of following Jesus and, and letting Jesus lead you to that place where there's going to be somebody, where's the faith in going out and trying to find someone on your own? It, it, to me, uh, the Bible says love is patient. To me, that's impatience. Um, God is preparing you, Reuben. He's put the desire in your heart to be with somebody. Um, he's, he, that desire has come from him, and he'll satisfy it, but he's preparing you now for that opportunity. And the way to find a spouse is simply to wait for God to bring the one across your path that he has for you. And uh, we're impatient, we're lonely now, and 
the reason most people are so lonely is that they're focusing on their loneliness instead of focusing on serving. They're focusing on mm-hmm. on on being involved wow. in the church yeah. fellowship. And, wow. um, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to be lonely if that's all you think about. Oh, nobody, everybody has somebody but me. But the idea is that if you follow Jesus, it's impossible to miss the man or the woman that God knows you're going to marry. It's impossible to miss. You walk with Jesus, you cannot miss anything in his will. And when we start trying to take care of our own needs, our own problems, then then uh, we, we've sort of taken our lives out of his hand and trying to forge our own path. And Reuben, the overwhelming majority of the time, that just never works out. I realize yeah. that with young people, it's different than it was for people like me. I always get accused of being sort of an old fogey when I talk like this. But but we do everything online. I understand that. But faith is always the same. Faith is faith. And faith requires that we follow Jesus. So, uh, Reuben, just follow the Lord. You You do what God has called you to do, and you won't be exposed to these people who are professing Christians but living or wanting to live, uh, as I believe, they're, they're, they're being selfish, they're trying to satisfy their flesh. And, and I promise you, you don't want any part of a woman like that. Now, I understand to a single no, person no. in this day and age that, that um, having an aggressive, a sexually aggressive woman is sort of like a fantasy, but it's not what God wants for you. Does no, that make sense? No, I want it makes perfect sense, and I don't want that. I yes. want a God thing. I don't want a good thing. I want a God thing. Yep, that's what I want. Well, you can't you can't have a God thing on your terms. So uh, it's no, just no. it's just just not. There's no faith in going online and trying to find somebody. It's like uh, shopping, and I see um, that. and that's just not what I God's going to do. Reuben, thank you for I calling. Appreciate that. it very thank much. You. God bless you, my friend. Let's go to Mike on line two from San Antonio. Mike, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron. Hey, Paula. How you doing? Good. Yeah, good. Thanks, Mike. Hey, you can hear me good. Uh, uh, Revelation, I think it's 1612, about the Euphrates River drying up. Yes. And there's some recent uh, evidence that it's drying up quite impressively. Did you want? Can you elaborate on that? As far as I know, it's Revelation. I know it's a prophetic book. Uh, the significance of it drying up presently here in September of 22? Yeah, I can, Mike. I'll, I'll comment on it. You know, there's a very specific purpose uh, for the for the river uh, drying up, and it was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Now, obviously, we don't have kings, but the idea here is that um, there, there's going to be this massive army who comes from the east into the Holy Land, and, um, and and they're coming um, in war to prepare for war. And so this is going to happen during the Great Tribulation. Obviously, this is right in the middle of the Great Tribulation. We need to remember as Christians, we're not here. But this is the armies from the east. You know, the prophecies indicate that there's a 200 million men army um, uh, that, that that is going to do the invasion now for, for the, almost the whole history of the church. That has been sort of um, um, laughed at because, oh, no country could have a 200 million man army. China can. And God knew China can. So we're talking prophetically about, about the, the armies from the east, from China, coming, and they're coming to make war against the Antichrist in the Great Tribulation. Now, with regard to the Euphrates River drying up right now, uh, I don't necessarily think, Mike, that there's any significance to that uh, other than maybe Jesus is doing a very natural way of of preparing things and uh, eventually it's going to be dry and, and those kings are going to come over. That would mean we're very, very close to the return of the Lord from his church. Um, but we also have to remember that God can, can, can dry up uh, a, a sea uh, with a word if he wants to. So it's not necessarily something that is is being uh, prepared right now uh, because God could do it in an instant. Um, I like to think, Mike, that maybe this is something that God is um, is doing uh, just because I'd like to think Jesus is coming back more quickly. But 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 that's what the whole passage is about. Does that help? Yes, and so clearly it's uh, all the Christians are going to be gone at this point in time, and the wrath of God yes. will not visit us. We understand that clearly. Okay. That's exactly right. 
Okay, thank you, sir. Uh, my pleasure. It, it is impossible for Mike and everybody else out there, it's impossible for the wrath of God to be poured out on those of us whose sins have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. It is impossible. Yeah. So all of this occurs in that seven-year period of time. Uh, this is um, um, the, the, the final judgments. When we get to Revelation 16, we're in the vile or the bold judgments, and, and we will not be here at all during this time. When you go from Revelation chapter 4, that's when the church is taken up. Um, and Revelation chapter 6, when the great tribulation begins with the the uh, seal judgment, um, we won't be here for any of that. Okay? Paula, we got a, <clears throat> got a tough question here. Okay. And I don't like to... Um... Mm-hmm. Okay. So Are you going to read go. it? Yeah. Okay. It's anonymous. Um, part of it is very nice toward you and me, but we'll mm. go, that, that's not important. Okay. Uh, hi, Pastor Ron and Sister Paula. I've heard Pastor Ron speak about expectations of his pastors. For example, a pastor should never have a bad day towards the people and should be loving. And you're absolutely right about that, Anonymous. Mm-hmm. I tell them they cannot misrepresent me before the people. Mm-hmm. I really believe Pastor Ron sets the example of his love and leadership. He has, and all the pastors are so loving. And I've never heard anyone have a bad day against the people of the church. As pastor's wife, and that's you, Paul, I believe you set the best example for the other wives. You're so loving and talk to everyone. Unfortunately, in my opinion, I believe there are many pastor's wives in the church who put minimal effort and don't have love for the people like you or the pastors do. Do you have expectations for the pastor's wives like Pastor Ron had for his pastors? I understand it's not all the pastor's wives, but I see greater effort from certain pastor's wives than other um, than than others, people can feel the difference. Thank you. Um, I'm going to let you take this, Paul. I'm going to say one thing. Okay. We have to remember that everybody is different in personality. That's what I got written down here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, we all have different gifts. Yours is a gift of encouragement, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the pastors' wives in this church are. Um, heroic in, in, in the function that they serve. Mm-hmm. And they all do very different things and they're all very different people. And we need to remember that always. So I'll let you take it from there. And mm-hmm. if there's anything for me to add, I will. Okay, yeah. In fact, I was going to say that too. Personalities yeah. are way different in some of my the pastor's wives. And yeah, no, it's insisted that they don't have bad days either. Um, and it sounds like this is coming from uh, another lady, possibly. Um, and you know, talking about having a bad day, maybe, or, or not having the same effort put in. I think we all really do. Um, there's only a couple of us that um, don't have any children, for one thing. And so uh, quite a few of the other pastor's wives aren't here as much as I am. And some of them, in fact, I don't think any of them have this this personality that I have. And the Lord knew that when we came out here. And so, praise the Lord that you're able to say that I've set a good example, and the other ladies are kind of following in my footsteps as far as that goes. But you have no idea what these other ladies do on the off times that you don't see them at church. They have people into their homes. They meet with other people individually, um, one-on-one, where there's quite a bit of time when I'm not like that. Um, I I have Pastor Ron duty. You know, <laughs> and I'm on the worship team, and so I'm here doing other things. But I make all three of Sunday morning services. We don't expect the pastor's wives to have to be here for all three services. Again, they have children. Um, but yeah, we and they and some of them are young, very young. The children are very young as yeah, well. So. Yeah, but we we just have different personalities, and so if I they are aware that yes, go and love on the people. Um, we just had a meeting about this not too long ago when we had our pastor's wives uh, retreat. Um, but they're not going to all be the same. We're not all the same. None of the pastors are even all the same. Um, and if this is coming from a woman, usually our pastors turn us over to talk to the to the ladies. But, yeah, no, we all have the same requirement of being loving, um, being available, um, but yeah, if, if well, you can talk to them. We'll I'll talk to them about greater effort from certain pastors' wives and others, and people can feel the difference. Well, 
I think that's pretty normal. I don't know. Well, I'm, I don't want to take this as a criticism, um, even though it kind of sounded that way. I'm very proud of our our pastors' wives, all of our leadership wives, and so. I think I think something we we you know I encourage people, Paula here, my pastors, and the pastors' wives, and 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 Paula's not in charge of the pastors' wives. Mm-hmm. You, you need to understand that yes. I am. Yeah. And yeah. and when we meet, we have meetings. We have meetings with our with our wives. Um, but but I encourage them to be really direct. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't want them to listen to somebody complaining about their husbands or listen to somebody complaining about their kids. Or So w- what we try to do in conversations like that is turn it back to Jesus. Yeah. And, well, here's what your role is, but you don't understand what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, that's, that's, not the, that's not effective counseling. So what we want people to do is deal with the issues in their own hearts. And I have for years been telling our pastors and pastors' wives, always get the, the topic back to the people in their own personal relationship with God mm-hmm. and help them get in the will of God so that God then is free to work on the other problems. And, and there are times when people take that as being too direct. Um, but, but, you know, rather than spend hours and hours and hours um, uh, counseling people that aren't really listening, um, what we want to do is is tell them Look, this is where Jesus is, and this is the this you can find. Um, uh, the pastors' wives here go over and above and beyond in their ministry to people. But remember, a lot of them have young kids. Uh, I don't have the same expectations of them. Um, I've never told any one of them that they have to be here. Uh, every service, and yet most of them are mm-hmm. here for most of the services. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think it's something we have to do. Um, Anonymous, I appreciate that you wrote that, and um, we will we will take a look at this and try to do better. Hey, thank you for tuning in. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Um, you've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully, on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.